Hi guys, welcome back to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Today's episode is going to be about attachments. Um, yeah, so we uh, get involved in attachments on so many levels. It's also going to be about a couple of different gods who are either unattached or really attached. Um, a kind, you know, I'm going to speak to you about a couple of different Hindu gods from Hindu mythology. I'm going to speak to you about cucumbers and a chant. Um, so today you are listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. My website is atawithalice.com, A-T-H-A with Alice.com. So attachments. In Sanskrit, attachments are called ragas or raga. Um, attachments, they cause us to be unhappy, uh, craving, unending, unsatisfied. When we become attached to stuff and it gets taken away, well, it causes us to be angry. It causes sadness, destruction. Um, so from desire, anger appears. When, you know, we start brooding, um, and, you know, after we get, like things taken away from us anger anger erupts you know and memories memories can cause us um some anger or think back to things that we're attached to thinking back oh when i was 20 and my body looked like this so we did this and now look at me you know things like this or oh when we had this and now it's old and outworn and outdated so we get attached to our homes our lovers our families we get attached to our clothing, all sorts of crap, land, property, more money, more stuff. Attachments, again, cause anger. We have Letting the desires uh, be under control is our mission, to let ourselves be more, um, you know, content with what we have. So how do we do that? Well, you know, for me, I practice yoga, meditation, um, you know, people may go to, uh, the gym or they go to their churches or their temples, or they do whatever they do to help them to decompress. Some people do nothing and they're just angry, selfish individuals. Um, you know, this is what happens when we are attached to having more. So I, that's my point about being attached. We have to learn to be okay with whatever we have. Um, be content with what we're here to, to basically learn our lessons. You know, not all of us are going to be super rich, super beautiful. We can't all be attached to that thing, you know? Um, so that is what I want to bring out here is that craving, unending, unsatisfied, um, these are the reasons that cause us to be sad or angry. I also want to speak to you a little bit about a god named Vishwada, who Vishwada was a, a selfish king. And he went out with his 99 men army one day for a stroll through his hundreds of acres of property. And he came upon a little shack known as a hermitage, a little school that he kind of fell upon when he was wandering around with his army they needed a drink they were thirsty and they thought what a great place to stop and get a drink knocks on the door and a sage known as Vashista 
comes out and says, how can I help you? And they said, well, we're thirsty. Is it possible we can get a drink? And Vashista invites the whole army in. And his cow, Nandini, is able to produce enough food and drink for the whole army. And Vishwada, at the end of the meal, says, hey, Vashista, you know, who but a fine king should own a cow as amazing as your cow Nandini and he says I'd like to buy your cow I'll give you five white cows and a hundred gold coins for this particular cow and Vishwada says sorry I can't sell it I was given to me by the gods and it helps me with my spiritual teachings so the Vishwada says hey look uh, I'm willing to give you an a hundred gold coins and 10 white cows just sell me sell me the cow and um Vashista says, sorry, I can't sell you the cow. You know, this this cow was given to me by the gods and it's to help me with my spiritual teachings. So the king says, if you don't sell me the cow, I'm going to take it by force. He tries to once again say, look, sell me the cow. Vashista says, sorry, can't sell you the cow. The king says to his army, look, take the cow. Um, and with a wave of Vashista's staff, he takes out the whole army and vishwada has got to go leave annoyed, so angry, and he's got to go do penance. And he says, Vashista, I'll be back. So he goes to do penance and he spends, I don't know, hundred couple hundred years doing penance and Brahma appears during the time and he's doing penance and Brahma says, hey, you know, you've done enough penance. I'll, I'll call you a, a Maharishi now and you will call it a day. And uh, Vishwara's like, no, I don't want to be a Maharishi. I want to be a Brahmarshi. I want to be the top-notch Rishi, the king of all kings. And Brahma's like, okay, see ya. Anyway, he does some more penance and Shiva appears. And he says, hey, Shiva, I need some celestial weapons and missiles. And he's done some penance. And Shiva's like, ah, oh, you've done enough penance. I'll grant you some celestial weapons and missiles. And Shiva gives him those and he leaves and Vishwara, who's done, I don't know how many hundreds of years of penance, goes back to Vashista's place at the top of the hill about to pelt Vashista with those miss missiles and weapons. And Vashista comes out and sees him and with the wave of his staff sends the missiles back towards Vishwara and Vishwara's foiled again, has to go do some more penance. Goes to do some more penance and he's doing penance for a while. And uh, his nephew comes and says, oh, you know, Uncle Vishwada, the gods want to send me between heaven and hell, hanging upside down. Can you help me out? And Vishwada's like, ah, I still have one son left. Let me see if my son will do the penance for you and you can be free. And the son is like, uh, no, thanks, Dad. And anyway, the gods get word that Vishwada's trying to, you know, offer his son up to, to hang between heaven and hell. And the gods are like, no way, dude. And they send the nephew to go hang upside down and Vishwada has to go do some more penance. And he does penance for another couple hundred years. Brahma appears again. He says, okay, you've done enough penance. I'll call you a Rajarishi this time. And he's like, uh, you're king of the kings. You know, uh, Rajarishi is good. And Vishwada's like, no, I want to be a Brahmarshi. I want to be the king of all kings a notch above. And Brahma's like, all right, I'm offering you a great deal, but you go ahead, go back to what you're doing. I'll see you. And he does some more penance. And he's doing penance and penance. And one day he's up in the mountains and he hears a beautiful songbird. Songbird appears and he stares at the songbird and turns into this beautiful young maiden. And the maiden is just gorgeous and he's infatuated. He makes the maiden his wife and has a daughter. And they're hanging out one day and he realizes, oh, 
this woman was sent as a distraction from the gods to get me out of my meditation. I didn't do enough penance. So he sends the wife and kid away and he goes to do some more penance. And he goes higher up into the Himalayas and he's doing penance for hundreds, thousands of years in the rain and the snow, hanging upside down, his eyes closed. And he hasn't eaten. And finally, one day he decides, you know, I've, I've done enough penance. Uh, I'm going to have a bowl of rice and I'm going to eat. And he's about to sit down to his bowl of rice and a starving old Brahmin passes by and says, oh, I'm, I'm really hungry. Are you willing to share your bowl of rice with me? And um, Vishwata says, you have the whole bowl. And he goes back to doing meditation. Brahma appears again. And Brahma's like, Vishwata, Vishwata, wake up, wake up. And Vishwata, you know, startled out of his deep meditations, like, what do you want? He's like, I'm going to call you a Brahmarshi, and you're going to become the king, uh, the, the friend to the world. I'm going to now name you Vishwamitra, friend to the world. And Vishwata's like, um, I don't want to become friend to the world, Vishwamitra, unless Vashista accepts me as friend to the world. So he's like, all right, let's go see Vashista. Go to Vashista's place. Vashista answers the door and it's like rolling his eyes like, oh, this guy again. And uh, he says, you know, Vashista, I'd like to, you know, Brahma tells Vashista he'd like to name Vishwata friend to the world, Vishwamitra. So Vashista says to Vishwata, hey, what did you learn while you were meditating and doing penance for thousands of years up in the Himalayas? And Vishwara said, you know, I heard Om Bhu Bhuva Swaha Tat Savitua Varenyam Bhagodevasya Dimahi Yoyona Prachodayat, which in English translates to Amen to the heavens, Amen to the earth, and may the sun always illuminate our minds to take right action at the right time. Okay, so Vashita says, great, I now named you friend to the world, Vishwamitra, and the Gayatri Mantra, which I just recited to you, that mantra that I just spoke of, is the most like revered mantra in the world, the oldest that's from the Vedas, which are thousands of years old. And it's chanted um, in the mornings for business people to have a more successful day. It's chanted by people to have a more pleasant day, to see what's really real and what's important. So that is why that chant's very important to realizing that to not be attached to certain things and just realize what really is important is what's inside of us. Um, speaking about what's inside of us, you know, we become attached to stuff. I've been looking for a new house to buy in the past uh, three months, and I've lost seven houses to cash buyers. Um, unbelievable. We're offering 20 grand over asking price, appraisal contingency, zero to four day inspections, nutty stuff. I mean, that's unheard of and we're still losing houses. What I've come to learn in the past three months is that we cannot claim anything that is not ours and I can't be attached. Whatever will be, will be. The right house will show up or it won't be show up. Maybe it won't show up. Maybe I'll end up renting. Maybe something else is supposed to happen. Maybe I'm going to end up in another place. I have to believe the universe has my back and oh well. And that's the way it goes. That is what I'm talking about. It's about, about being unattached and dispassion, um, not being attached. It's, in Sanskrit, it's called viragyam having dispassion, not being attached to the outcome, not being attached to the fact that we want what we want when we want it yesterday, that sometimes shit just doesn't happen. That's the way it goes. Um, you know, there's a Shiva who I spoke about last week. 
Um, he was a god. Um, I spoke about him last week, but I spoke about him in his form of Nataraja, dancing king. But as Shiva, he is basically, his blessing is being detached from life's unexpected changes. Um, you know, that we... The, we have to be detached from worldly um, stuff to attain liberation. So there's a chant that is spoken about for Shiva, and the chant goes something like this. Oh, three-eyed one, you are the sweet gladness, the fragrance of life who nourishes us, restores our health, and causes us to thrive. As in due time, the stem of a cucumber weakens, and the gourd is freed from the vine, so free us from attachment and death and do not withhold immortality. As I speak to you each week about not being attached and to go from um, life to death, um, like from the unreal to the real, from life to death, in, from death to immortality, it, this is basically, we have to become detached because this is this is how it goes. We're here in this body, this mind, this body, this mind, it dies. And then, you know, we go on to the next one. According to Hindu uh, philosophy, you believe what you want. But we're supposed to be doing something here in this body, this mind, that helps us to, to get to a higher level. And part of it is not being a selfish ass. Um, not, not being attached to our crap. I mean, so, you know, your body sags, your shit's taken away, things happen. Oh, well, you know, you know, I believe we just go to another neighborhood, you know, we die and then we go somewhere else and then we come back. And, you know, my dream in this lifetime is to come back pretty and rich in my next lifetime. Again, who's attached? Me. I want to come back pretty and rich. So getting back to Shiva and the cucumber story, I want to talk to you a little bit about cucumbers. According to medical medium, Anthony William, in his book, Life-Changing Foods, he says the emotional support of a cucumber is um, dealing with, an, if somebody you know is dealing with an anger issue, to bring cucumbers into their diets. Um, you can, he says, bring cucumbers to anyone who can be easily infuriated, disgruntled, crabby, cranky, infuriated, irritated, heated, or downright hostile. He says the spiritual lesson of cucumbers is because they're green, we eat them in salads. We often think of the cucumbers as a vegetable. When we open them up, though, we remember that all things seeds mean cucumbers truly a fruit. It's a powerful reminder that outside appearances and the boxes other people put us into don't make up the full truth of who we are. Very often, too, have a talent, quality, or gift that someone couldn't guess just by looking at us. Cucumbers teach us to look deep inside ourselves and each other for the miracles we all contain. You have been listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. My website is atawithalice.com. A-T-H-A with Alice.com. Ata means right here, right now. Right here, right now. I'm signing off. Thanks for listening. See you next time.